Hello, welcome to episode 11 of the J Chats podcast. This week, I'll be talking mental health with Elliot Church. Along the way, we talk about all sorts as well as mental health, so it's a really good episode. And I thought this would be a, a good episode, especially now as it's recently been Mental Health Day. All the links for everything we talk about will be in the notes. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever need anyone to talk, ramble to or at, I'm here. Enjoy. Yeah. So um, we'll just start with your two truths and a lie. Okay. Uh, So I'm really rubbish at lying. So hopefully it's not that obvious. Um, (laughs) So my two truths and a lie are um, I have been on TV with Anna and Depp. I have danced uh, for Arsenal football team and I have performed in front of diversity. Okay. Um, when was you on TV with Anna and Dick? It would have been probably, oh gosh, 1999? 1999. Yeah. Yeah, 1998-99. What was it? What was it called? In the, what, the morning thing? SMTV Live. Yeah, yeah, Brilliant. yeah. SMTV Live. How did you get onto that? <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my best friend at the time, I know, it was the best time. So my best friend at the time, um, her dad... It's such a random story. It was um, an electrician, but he right. was a really good electrician and he did a lot of um, celebrity houses. Now, he right. didn't do that in Dex, but he did. remember Anthea Turner? Yes. Yes. So yeah. I think she worked at the same TV company. Anyway, long story short, he asked her if he could get tickets and they got two tickets right. on TV Live. Uh, and I was the chosen friend. So, yeah. That's cool. That was the. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. What did What did you do? Did you like? Was you just in the audience? Or did they get you up and doing something? So we were supposed to be in the audience, but yeah. um, there was a group of brownies. I think that were there. Yeah. So um, this woman came in and she had like a headset and a clipboard and she looked really official. I think <laughs> I must have been about nine at the time, and she just yeah. pointed to me, my friend, and another boy, and was like, "You three come with me." goodness what have we done and she was like basically you're going to be uh, in the orchestra for what's and whistling um right so we got a choice of instruments i chose a violin and uh yeah i played the violin um sitting next to ant can you can you <laughs> no. play the violin nope not as well <laughs> absolutely brilliant yeah i was miming the violin right fantastic um right when did you dance for arsenal and what was the reason for it yeah random again so uh, <laughs> it was about 2013 and we were asked yeah. to be part of a mob but we weren't told what the dance was and who it was for um, yeah. we just had to learn two different routines yeah uh, one was a winning dance and one was a losing dance and i thought right. to myself Please don't let it be a losing dance. <laughs> anyway, so we were learning these two uh, choreographies and uh, it was really late at night and it took hours. Anyway, we got a poach um, in the morning yeah. and we ended up getting to the Arsenal ground. So we were like, mm. right, okay. So it happened to be, now I'm not a massive football fan, but it happened to be a big game against Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspurs, like their okay. rivals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Arsenal lost. And uh, we had to 
perform a flash mob for the players who were sponsored by Puma uh, to kind of be like, well done, (laughs) great try. (laughs) Uh, It was really, really awkward. Um, Yeah, they they weren't impressed uh, at all. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, it was an experience. I was going to say, I can't, yeah. I mean, these are all so random and I can't, no, I, I have no. no idea where to go with them. Um, do you remember any of the players? Like, did you know any of the players at Arsenal at the time? No, and do you know what's really bad is my granddad is a massive Arsenal fan. Massive. <laughs> massive. And there was, a, there was a couple of guys in the in the flash mob and they were like, oh my God, it's so-and-so, I can't believe it. And I was like, don't know who these guys are. Don't know who anybody is here. Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, diversity. What was what was the story mm-hmm. with that? Okay, so um, this is a really another random story. So when I finished uni, I was in a, a performance group, and um, we signed up for a show called Show Improve, which was in London, and we got chosen. Anyway, so we went down to London uh, and we were in the changing rooms. I'm going to just drop another name in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're a fan of EastEnders. I'm aware of it. I wouldn't, wouldn't say I'm a fan. Yeah, I wasn't, but there was a character <laughs> called Fat Boy. Do you know who Fat Boy is? I'm yes, sure I do. Yeah, I think I'm almost yeah, certain yeah. I do. Yeah, so he walks into the dressing room and he's yeah. like, oh, well, is that, is that the guy from EastEnders? So he's hosting this show. And I was like, okay, mm. so that's cool. Um, it turns out that he's a local from the area. I think right. it's Bow in London. There's, um, there's a theatre there. Yeah. And um, we were like, okay, cool. Celebrity uh, spotted. Did our performance. Mm. Came off. Um, afterwards, went down to get a drink. And Diversity come out and start talking to someone near us. And we were like, is that Diversity? <laughs> in the audience. I can't. Uh, to be fair, I'm glad I didn't know because I think I would have frozen, like, frozen on stage. But just knowing yeah. that they were there. Uh, exactly. I mean, I love Ashley Banjo. I don't know mm. everyone else does, basically. So I was like fangirling, like, oh my god, <laughs> act cool. Uh, yeah. So I can't remember what year that was, but um, yeah, that was that was an experience as well. Oh, well, um, I've got. No other questions, and I'm just completely lost, to be honest with you. Um, okay. I am going to go... I've done a job, haven't I? I've lying. You have, you have done, yeah. Good. Yeah, you have done. Because um, I, I know you, you dance and you perform and stuff, so those bottom mm-hmm. two could very well be true, and yeah, I can't see why you wouldn't have pretended to play a violin next to Ant or Deck, whichever <laughs> one it was. Um, I, I am going to go for... The danced for Arsenal as the lie. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're correct. It was oh, a lie. Yes. Was there well any truth done. to that or was that completely made up? Yeah, no, that, there was some truth. I really struggled with the lie because I don't know what to make up. So I didn't dance uh, in front of Arsenal. It was actually Borussia Dortmund. Oh, right, um, okay. The German team. Yeah. Uh, and it's worse than the story I told before. Mm. So obviously they're sponsored by Puma. Yeah. And we got on this coach and we were driven to the airport. I think it was Heathrow. So we still yeah. didn't know who it yeah. what it was. When we got there, we got told, right, it's a job for Puma. Russia Dortmund has just lost maybe the biggest game of some of these footballers' career. <laughs> we're going to try and cheer them up with your little dance moves. 
uh, we had there was a guy there called um, Pete Box, and he's, he's a really good beatboxer. Yeah, I know, I know Pete Boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pete Box was um, doing his performance of. Do you know what? I can't remember what the song was. Uh, anyway, it's not important. And just the look on these footballers' faces. Yeah. It's actually on YouTube. If you want to laugh, gonna to, I'm uh, gonna have to look this up. Yeah, if you just type in uh, Pima Flash Mob, it comes right up. There's like 300,000 views. I was mortified. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mortified. Just it's just a look. And do you know what was the worst thing as well? The slow clap at the end. They literally were like, "Yeah, great." Just a cork, and you please want to get go so I can go home. Yeah, can you take your smiley faces somewhere else because we've just lost you again. <laughs> oh, that's mad. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, the, only, the the reason I went for Arsenal was um, I'm not sure if they were sponsored by Puma in 2000. Do you know what? As soon as as soon as I said Puma, I was like, he's gonna know. He's gonna know I, they weren't sponsored I, by. Puma. My my housemate is um he's a massive Arsenal fan, and I, I know yeah. they've been sponsored by Puma at some point. But in my head, I was just kind of oh, going, okay, that's oh. okay. Yeah, and I was like, oh, was it then? Was it? Was it not then? Yeah, that's all good. I got on right. That's, that's so funny. Well done. Is that the first one you've got right? I, I get I get more than I thought I would wrong, to be honest with you. Um, I thought, oh, I'd oh, get really? loads of these right. But yeah, they're all, people just seem to be really good at lying to me. I, I um, just thought my life is not that exciting to have like really cool things. <laughs> well, yeah, like, you... What the hell do I do? I mean, they are, they are three pretty good stories, to be fair. <laughs> I think I've probably just told them so many times. yeah that's the most exciting Uh, brilliant we'll um we'll get on with some questions and see see what happens Mm -hmm. with that first one i've got i was um gonna ask how lockdown was for you just in general lockdown started off okay actually i mean Mm -hmm. the initial idea of it was a little bit daunting oh my god Mm -hmm. i have to stay in the house and Mm -hmm. i thought i could go to the shop once a week that wasn't the case. Um, I live in, if you know Nottingham, I live in Snenton. So there's like a little co-op, a little Tesco. So I could mm. kind of go shops, you know, now and again. And I was lucky enough to not be furloughed, but I was right. working from home. Yeah. So I, I can't, counted my blessings with that one. Um, however, as the time went on, you know, working from home and then having to stay at home really, really got me down because I mm. couldn't separate work and downtime. Yeah. So I was like, tried to make a little office, but it mm. just didn't really work. And then, yeah, my motivation just dropped. You know, I'm a manager of a team um, of support workers, so I have to kind of keep them motivated. You know, come on, guys, we've got this. Mm. And it was so hard because yeah, yeah. by the end of it, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, um, yeah. I mean, part of me kind of wished I was furloughed because I was like, if I was still earning money but not having to think about work. It might have been a little bit easier. You could just um, kind of chill, yeah. Yeah, like so a weird, like a know, weird holiday at your house. That's it. Yeah, a yeah. weird holiday. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I did try and get out and exercise and stuff. Um, I did a charity run, and mm. that was really helpful. But then I got injured, so then I was like, not being able to walk for three weeks, and I was like, I'm over this. Brilliant. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but then going back to work here yeah, was a blessing. So mm. when did you go? Back? When did we go back? Um, what are we in now? God, October. I think we went back in August. Okay. End of August. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hang on, when did that down finish? I can't remember. I don't even. The the months from March to about now all seem massive (laughs) blur to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I can't even tell you what happened in any of the months. No, it's just it's just blended mm. to one, isn't it? Yeah, I I know what you mean about the the working from home bit because I I kind of felt the same. Like when I didn't have anything to do, it felt kind of all right because you could just kind of chill. But then when yeah. I was having to teach lessons and having to create lessons and all this sort of stuff, I was just kind of sat here going like, "This is soul destroying. I can't carry on doing this." Yeah, I would say it was really hard. It is really hard. Mm. Uh, what do I do? So I um. I am a support worker. Mm. I work with people with difficulties. Um, I, I have progressed up to a, a manager position now. So I work with some, they're quite, they're young, they're 18 plus mm. uh, clients. Um, but we, my team are specialist support workers because we work with people with some quite profound difficulties and behavior yeah. difficulties. Um, so when we're at work, we um, create, activities for them take them out yeah. in the community um help build on skills and stuff like that all right that's cool how do you find that do you enjoy it oh, i love it yeah i kind of fell into it um i finished uni mm. and my mum was a tutor at a, a specialist college in okay uh yeah, near sheffield so i was just looking for a job i was on the dole for six weeks i think right, and yeah. i don't first signed on but just being desperate to get a job and I was like mum can you help me out and she's like yeah yeah Yeah. so um I I, you know I've kind of been quite a caring person Mm. uh you know I've always been babysitting and stuff like that um and I was like do you know what I could probably do this quite well I think yeah um and yeah just since that was oh my goodness 2012 right what's the eight years ah have you been working for when did you start working for the place you work for now was that quite recent was that quite a while no, that was yeah so I've been in my current job for six years now okay yeah oh, that's cool um I remember you saying to me you was a, a mental health first aider weren't you at work yes yeah what does that entail like what sort of stuff do you do with that um, so as, yeah so as a mental first aider uh well you're there to be able to be approached basically so you know you're hmm. in the in the work in the workplace uh, it is made well known that we are the mental first aiders so people who are struggling um, can come to us or yeah. are able to spot signs so if people are starting to change their behavior um, it, it, it can go from anxiety up to psychosis yeah. so okay. we've been trying to spot the signs um, mm. to know how to deal with those people uh, if they are struggling you know if they approach us how to, to speak to them Mm. um it's really interesting actually i mean we, we did the course during lockdown uh, yeah. we were really looking actually to have that um yeah so basically we're there to be approached and to be available for those who are struggling and also obviously to give yeah 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 and i think because i I heard about that first when I went for a first normal first aid level two course. And then it just surprised me that every workplace doesn't have one after finding out what it was. It just seems like a really sensible thing for every workplace to have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from, from speaking to people who don't work in the environment that I work in, mental health isn't something that's spoken about Mm. in the workplace. 
And I'm so fortunate to work mm. for a company who have such a great mental health support network. It's great. So we have um, yeah. we have two mental health. Uh, what I can't remember what their titles are now. Uh, they are basically the mental health uh, well-being champions. That's their job title. So yeah. they will promote well-being. They will um, help organize events for people to go to to keep people's morale up that social aspects in their life you know mm. for within the workforce and yeah. we've got kind of names board so they'll put up relevant information uh, that's great and they're also there to for people to to contact and say yeah you know what i'm struggling what can i do um we've we are allocated five mental health days uh, within that's the cool. year so i like that yes it means that you can say, I need a mental health day. You don't need to say why. Mm. Uh, we get paid. And it's just it's just another it's another stress taken away. You know, if you are struggling, you can have that day just to breathe and do what you need to do. And it's been so beneficial for, for so many people. Mm. See, I can I can imagine that. I actually, I brought the idea of that up at a school I was working yeah. in a few years ago. I was like, I think this would be a good good idea, like, potentially well definitely for teachers and potentially for kids as well um because you see it with the year 11s especially when they're getting really stressed out about loads of stuff and i i have to say to them sometimes just 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 stay at home tomorrow just tell them that you're ill you need to just actually relax because you look like you're about to explode like they sat there after school on a wednesday night crying trying to get me to teach them how to factorize a quadratic equation and i'm like like, just relax this isn't that that important Terrorized me. That would make me cry. I think this is it, and, and, and I remember mentioning it to some members of staff, and they literally looked at me like I'd said the most ludicrous idea in the world, and like I was just chatting absolute nonsense. And I just remember sitting there being like, "No, nah, I still think that's a good idea," but I, yeah, yeah, I think it, sure. I think stuff like that's brilliant, I think... and I think it makes such a difference. Oh, massively, I mean. I know how I feel if I'm feeling a certain way, you know, I struggle with anxiety. Um, and mm. if I'm feeling anxious, information doesn't go in. I can't retain information. No. I'm so preoccupied with, you know, trying just to function. But I imagine for a, for a student or a, a pupil of a school, to have that mental health day, just to be able to breathe, will be so beneficial because they can just learn more. You know, they can take the information in. They can just be like, yeah. okay, and need to do what I need to do to clear my head and go in the next day refreshed. And it, it's crazy that they would think it was a bad idea or wouldn't understand. And also just kind of be like for the kid to know how to deal with being an adult as well. Because if you're an adult, you need to be able to cope with these things. And if you've never had any light shone upon being able to look after yourself, then you're not going to be able to. No, and this is it. I mean, within my workplace, you know, we work with a lot of people with autism and mm. they they have their own way of uh, regulating themselves. So if they start yeah. to feel a certain way, I mean, I don't know if you've had any experience with people yeah, with autism. Yeah, I've had a, a fair bit. I've taught a lot of pupils with autism. Yeah, so sometimes they might rock back and forth. Mm. They might uh, slightly stressed. They, they bang their head and it can look quite distressing, but actually yeah. that's what they do. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, we will allow them to have that time. Yeah. And just because they have a label of autism, it's yeah. a human right, you know. If you need to do that, you do that. So, yeah. you know, for people who don't 
have a have a diagnosis or anything but mm. if they need time then you know why not give it to them you know yeah it just yeah it doesn't make any sense does it like i have kids if like, if they look like they're struggling they'll because i build i tend to build quite good relationships with my classes and the pupils i teach they will just say yeah. sir i'm i can't concentrate can i just step outside for five minutes knowing that i'll just be like yeah of course you can if it's a bigger yeah. issue we'll sort it out but if you need five minutes to just kind of call yourself off that's fine it's 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 pointless you sitting in here me forcing you to learn some maths and none of it go in when if you spend five ten minutes out of the room come back in you'll catch up and you'll be absolutely fine that's it and then they're away from distraction and they can mm. have that time sounds silly with a drink of water or like yes. if you're hungry like can it could cause well for me i get really hungry that's so right. like <laughs> If you can step out and say, I just need something to eat or something, you know, it's just that thing to regulate yourself and be like, hey, yeah. I need to go back to the room and refresh. It's a, I will, I'm, I'm exactly the same with that. Like, And sometimes I have days where I, I barely get a chance to eat. And I've had classes before mm. when they can see that I am hungry. And they've just been like, sir, <laughs> you've not eaten yet, have you? And I was like, no, I haven't. Just get on with your work. And they went, and literally they stopped <laughs> giving me snacks. They're like, sir, do you want a cookie? Just sit down. We'll just do this. And I'm sat there going like, right there's like just eat your lunch we'll do the work you just eat your lunch it's fine and like first time it happened i was kind of sat there being like what is happening and then i was actually no actually this is really nice of them just to be like we're just going to be silent for 10 minutes so you can just have a little break and then you can carry on teaching us but how nice Um, yeah mm. how nice that they have that rapport with you as well and you can have that trust be like Mm. do you know what yeah thanks i am gonna eat my apple or yeah then they start staring Amazing. at you when you're eating salad though and then it's a bit weird because they're looking at you every <laughs> every mouthful of salad you're having they're looking at you going so that was a big spoon and you're like just let me eat i'm trying to get back to teaching um no, <laughs> you're it, is, yeah. <laughs> it is it is really good um that was something else i was gonna say well this was it um the other day i i get anxiety sometimes and the other day it was yeah. monday actually and um i went i sat in my classroom and for some reason, my head just went off on one. And and I was sat there just almost freaking out, being like, I don't even know what about, but just, just it was, I think it was loads of little things. Um, and it all kind of accumulated in the morning. And I was sitting there going, crap, crap. I've got five lessons mm-hmm. and a duty. And I've got kids seeing me at lunch, as well as my tutor group. I'm not going to get a chance to do anything. And I remember just sitting there being like, what on earth? am I supposed to do now? I've got 20 minutes before my tutor group come in. Um, yeah. And, and I ended up just, I put, put my headphones in and I put some music on and I was just sat there. And I, I think some teachers came in and tried to talk to me. I had my eyes closed. I must've looked like I was asleep. But then they just <laughs> kind of like, they must've just walked back out. Cause I could sh- sure I heard my door, door creaking. And then when my tutor group came in, there was like, like one of them like just threw some paper at me. It was like, are you sleeping, sir? And I was like, oh, how long have you lot been there for? And they're like, we've just got it. I was like, that's all right then. That's fine. But it is, it's weird because I didn't know at that point, because it's I couldn't, even if I wanted to, just kind of go, I need to go home now because it was too late in the day and just kind of had to yeah. push on through with it and then just collapse when I go. home. But it's just a bit mad. Mm, really. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you. My anxiety is very much like a, the build up towards something. And once I'm in the situation that I was anxious about, mm. or it's fine, it goes away, but it's that build up. And a lot of mine, you know, was when I, when I left school, actually, because obviously we were so used to being in that environment. I lived in yeah. Calverton. It was mm. all in Calverton. 
I went to college in the middle of Nottingham. Mm. And the bush journey there was the biggest thing that caused me anxiety because I was like, what if I miss it? What if I get off the wrong yeah. spot? And it was just, it was awful. I remember one, I remember one morning and um, I called Josh from our school came onto the bus and he came to sit next to me and I was like, you need to, you need to not sit next to me because I am so anxious. I need space. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't need anybody around me at all. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got, I got to college and I was fine. It was just that journey that caused mm. me anxiety so um, but yeah, I don't know how, how your works. It is, yeah. it is that build up. And once I'm there, once I'm at the destination or once I'm doing the actual the, the thing, you know, I'm fine. Yeah. I, I, cause I think after I'd sat down and like properly thought about it and listed everything out, mine, cause mine's pretty similar. So I, I don't know if you know, I do like comedy and like spoken word poetry stuff. And yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah. I was booked to headline a gig on Tuesday night and I've never been booked for anything I've not had my name on a poster for anything and I knew the other people that were on were legit people and then I also found out over the weekend that I'd be getting I'd I'd be getting basically paid for doing it so then I was like shit there's loads of pressure for this to just be good and that was like part of it and I remember just sitting there in the morning thinking I've got a really busy day I'm tutoring after school then the the football's on later I'm not going to get a chance to go over my things and I think that along with everything else like you said the build-up to and even like on Tuesday when I was just before I was performing, my cousin came to see me and she was just like, mm. Jay, what's wrong with you? I've never seen you this nervous in your life. And I was like, I don't know. I've done tons of stuff on a stage and half of the time it's just not even worked. No one's laughed. No one's done anything. And it's never bothered me. They was like, why are you so bothered right now? And I was like, I don't have a bloody clue, but I am. And it was just, it was weird because then like you said, as soon as I got hold of the mic, everything just kind of like melted away and I yeah. was absolutely fine um yeah it's weird though. i mean it's that similar thing isn't it dancing is a performance comedy mm. is a performance and once you're out there because i remember I, I think i always used to think to myself why do i put myself through this <laughs> the anxiety before the performance was unreal yeah. and i was like oh my that. god i don't know about you but i go like i run through scenarios in my head like what if i trip over <laughs> this what if i oh. slip oh my god oh. I've I've dropped the mic before. I've dropped my notes before. Um, my first because I did poetry since November. No comedy since November, and I started doing some like poetry spoken word in Jan. I actually ran yeah. away from my first three poetry performances just because I got that anxious and everything. I was just stood there. It was people that I knew, places I'd done comedy at, and I was like, I'm gonna do some poetry. The guy's like, Yeah, that's cool. I was, then I was sat there, and then I just literally just went, I need to go, and then just ran away. <laughs> And that happened three times until there was only five people where I was doing it. And one of my mates went, you're doing it. You're, you're just, you don't have a choice. I'm not going to let you leave now. There's you, there's only five of us here and you know us all. I was like, can I just do it sat down? And he was like, no, you're going to do it up there. No one else is even going to know that you've done this. And then after I did that, I was like, oh, actually, it's not that, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's that empowerment as well to be able mm. to deal with something like that, you know, mm. I feel like a lot of well, it's judgment, isn't it? It's judgment of mm. other people that you are scared of, and mm. you know, it's how people portray you. And it's you know, nobody wants to say that they're uh, uncomfortable in front of people or um, insecure. Yeah, but a lot of people are, and you know, just to say massively, yeah, yeah, you're putting yourself out there. So if somebody doesn't like what you're doing, mm. it's huge, you know, and it's it's hard to deal with. Yeah, I mean that's with with our uh, with our company. Um, mm. it, it, 
new projects and it was a massive collaboration so we all uh took part in the choreography of things so every little mm. bit was to somebody so you know if you came off stage and you got people's reaction was that was amazing it was great mm. obviously you come off buzzing if the audience are clapping and shouting yeah and you can hit yeah. you know some of your friends might be in the audience and shouting your name but if you get mm. like um standard clap or just you know, <laughs> you're like oh my god was that rubbish yeah <laughs> and it's hard to watch yourself back I don't know about you but to watch yourself back is the oh, worst I, I I absolutely hate it but I, I have to do it because it's the only way I can kind of like tighten up my set and figure out what yeah. jokes I mistimed and stuff like this um, I was gonna say what helps you recover like if you're if you've had either like performance thing or if you're having some anxiety um issues what do you normally do like what is your go-to to help you cope um so i think there is natural anxiety say before a mm. performance or you know i don't know a new journey to a destination mm. that you've not been to or a, a job interview that's very natural so you know you might make sure you're really prepared but i think mm. there is anxiety that is difficult to to deal with and i think sometimes there's no reason for it Mm. um so in those times I mean during lockdown my anxiety was quite high but I couldn't really pinpoint why mm. um it's so cliche but um yeah exercise did really help me yeah um yeah. having having some sort of control over my diet as in eating healthy was good because I had a focus right. yeah um and you know eating healthy always makes you feel a little bit more energized um but music music is my mm -hmm. my go-to I love uh, just kind of putting that music on, maybe a glass of wine. I yeah. wouldn't say alcohol is the best, is the best thing, but <laughs> wine and some like uplifting music or even a ballad or two, you know, that you can just like yeah. sing to. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. When um, yeah, my voice is not great. So when I'm on my own. Yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same. I'll sing around my kitchen while I'm cooking, but you won't catch me doing it anywhere else. Um, <laughs> that's it. Um, have you got a go-to album or artist that you will go to when you're feeling like that to kind of try and pick you up oh do you know what it really does depend what mood i'm in um do you know what so, i love some old pop so i love mm. jay dilla um yeah, 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 yeah just his mm. i think it's because i'm a dancer as well so it kind of it kind of stuff yeah. that makes me want to move or yeah um it's just r and b but like there's a there's a playlist on Spotify called Independent Ladies and I just love it. Okay. It's Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beyonce, um, Destiny's Child, Beyonce again. Mm, Maybe yeah. I should say Beyonce. I feel like I'm sad. <laughs> that, just that empowering music where it's like yeah. you can do that even on your own. Yeah. But yeah, just upbeat a lot of hip hop and RB to be fair. Mm. Yeah, no, um, I'm, it's funny that it's because I'm the exact same. Like, if I'm ever feeling anything like that, it's headphones go in at pretty much any moment. Anything I don't like is happening or something that I'm not a fan of or anything like that, and my headphones will go in. And at the minute, mine's Kano's hoodies all summer just goes on, and oh, I'll listen through that, listen to that through, and I'll just be like, yes. I feel, I feel okay. I can, I can deal with stuff right now. Um, but, do you know what you mentioned Kano but uh, do you know what uh, J. Cole J. Yeah. Cole um, my, I, th I think my top three artists played on Spotify Kano, J. Cole and Little Sims um, okay. and, I don't know what mine are actually 
I am. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. Obviously, you get the the rap, don't you, at the end of the year. But one of for one of it was a podcast I recorded with Zach. You remember from two like Brombo McCarthy? Yes, um, for Tutor Group. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was <laughs> I was gonna sh- I was gonna shout out our Tutor Group. But I can't remember what bloody it was. And um, Newstead. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's really bad. That is. I, I probably should remember that. And something wasn't it? Yeah, but how, what was it? Um, was it a number? Yeah, um, I want to say one to three, but I don't know what. I thought it was like N one. Yeah, well, <laughs> fuck it. We, we were the we were the best one there, so yeah, fuck it. Why not? Like yeah. N one, it is. Okay. Um, yeah, so we um we did a, a hip hop episode, and I found this this website that lets you see your most played artists, and some of mine were quite surprising. Do you, yeah. know, do you not think it's funny what music does to people? Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. It's crazy, and I think everyone everyone thinks that their taste is best. Mm. Um, I'm shout out my uncle, mm. <laughs> my uncle David. He loves music, and he always yeah. has an opinion or choices. Yeah, but he says, "Oh, I don't like this one," so you know. And it's like, "Well, okay, you don't like it, but I <laughs> like it." So for me maybe not for you yeah but it is it's crazy and I think yeah I think a lot of people like music I mean Mm. when people say they don't like music I'm like I don't trust you yeah yeah it it upsets me I sit there and think in my head I'm going like so what do you listen to then and they're like I don't listen to anything and I just sit there being like how I don't understand this concept like I, I have music on when I'm like almost the moment I wake up to when I start teaching and half the time I'll figure out a reason to put the radio on in the lesson and if I'm at home and I'm like I said earlier if I'm cooking or if I'm at the gym or if I'm doing anything there's always just something and if there's not anything playing there's something playing internally in my head there's always a song in your head yeah there's just always some noise and some beat going off in my head it's not always a good thing because sometimes it stops me paying attention but never mind (laughs) honestly silence i hate silence mm, it needs yeah. to have some sort of literally can't deal with it i was i was gonna say do you know when you when like we were at school do you think yeah. you thought about mental health at all or do you think you had any things that looking back you was kind of like that was not good for my mental health that shouldn't have happened i shouldn't have done that um if you know what i mean like thinking back to what 13 years ago when we were at school yeah, so being at school or just in general life? Either or. I mean, I'm quite fortunate because I have a mum who's very open and mm. um, talk about things. And I never saw it as something that was unusual. I mean, I used to uh, be really anxious as a child. I was always anxious mm. about loads of things. One of the things was um, staying away from home. So. Yeah. Anywhere, if, if we were on holiday, I would struggle to sleep. And I think actually sleep for me was an anxiety-inducing thing because yeah. it would take a long time to get to sleep. Mm. So I wasn't at home and I wasn't comfortable. I just didn't want to be there. I wanted to mm. go home. And, you know, my mum did take me to the doctors and actually going to the doctors made it stop. I think it was because I spoke to, in my eyes, a professional. It helped. Okay. What, just, did, did the doctors do anything? No. Well, they did. They said I could go, you know, they, they gave me uh, information for therapists um, and they gave some suggestions, 
you know, it was like, why don't you start off small so stay at your grandparents who are down the road and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like a, it was like going to see the doctor just triggered something and I was like, okay, I spoke to someone, mm. it's normal and I'm okay now. Yeah. That's interesting that is like that just like not necessarily even anything having to be done, but just speaking to someone that you felt like yeah. they knew what they were talking about just made a big difference. One hundred percent. Because they told me it was normal and it was okay. Um, it made a big difference. Mm. I mean, you know, it being in school, I think secondary school, I loved primary school. Secondary school mm. is difficult it's so difficult because kids can be really mean (laughs) so there's so many things that can cause anxiety or stress at school and I do think you know people say well why don't you go to your teachers it depends what teacher it it depends what they do in their actions because their actions can be great or they can Mm. you know really destroy destroy someone and their confidence I don't know about you I don't know how you felt during school or well, I was I was really glad that they put me and Zach in the same tutor group. Yeah. Came to my primary school in year five and they kind right. of just went, Jay's going to be your buddy and show you around. And that's kind of been it since year five, really. Um, yeah, yeah. So like when we both kind of came up and obviously there weren't many brown children at Sealy. Um, no. <laughs> and I think it like just and I think that's an understatement to say the least. I think last I think when I was with Zach last time we were chatting about it and I think we counted under ten in the year. And oh, yeah, our year four, was and four were in our tutor group. Four, three yeah, or four he, were in our tutor group. So it was you, Zach, it was Anna May in our tutor group. Oh five Anna then. May? I forgot I forgot about Anna May. That's bad, isn't it? Anna yeah, May, I did. Uh, you know, she was Day Day. Uh, my God, Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else? Um, um, I'm sure. Did didn't Ella move into the tutor group? Oh, Ella! Oh my point. God, my. Or did best I friend. make that? Up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she did. She. Moved <laughs> yeah, that one. Year nine. I forgot my own best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Brilliant. So our tutor group was like the most. <laughs> and um, and I think it really helped me because. I had, and I'm sure a lot of them guys did as well, just a lot of just shit for being brown. Um, and because we had Mr. Robinson as our tutor in year seven, yeah, I just kind yeah. of, and I mean, I feel like we hit the jackpot. But my, my brother will disagree because he absolutely loves Mr. Horrell. But I think the combination of Mr. Robinson and Mr. Wayne, I couldn't have asked for anything else during school. Oh, God, yes. Do you know what? I, I loved Mr. Robinson and I loved mm. Mr. Wayne. I mm. made the mistake of my life I said to Mr Wayne you remind me of my granddad because he's warm you know yeah. comforting he's like cuddly yeah and he was like, well how old do you think I am and I was like oh my god I don't know and he's like I'm 40 something and I wanted to no 40 something oh, I didn't even know that yeah. I, I assumed he was a lot older than that as well me too and this is why I made that comment so don't ever assume <laughs> yeah like 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 i was saying with mr robinson because i kind of feel like i could identify with him whenever anyone i had problems to do with race i just went straight to him because Mm. i felt so comfortable just being like this has happened and he'd just be like 
cool, I'll sort it. And then he would just go in and sort it. And it'd feel good because I remember when I left school, even like university and stuff, when people were like racist to me, for example, I just wouldn't know who or where to turn to. So I just didn't do anything. And I was just like, well, I can't do anything about this. So I'm just going to leave it. Yeah, I, I- I can't believe, I mean, you know, thinking back to school years, yeah, it was 13 years ago, but I can't mm. believe you'd have to deal with that. And especially going to university, you'd think people would just grow out of it and just, you know, it wouldn't be an issue, but it really is. Yeah, it's and absolutely it not. Because he, you know, he was a great well, years ago. Mm. Oh my God, great guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at, at university, what did you, did you have anyone to, to speak to? Like any lecturers or anything? No, because... Like uni's a bit strange, isn't it? Because you don't really see any of the lecturers on the level that you see your teachers at school with. Either you're in like, because I did I did business, and it was there was there was one or two that I kind of got on with, but I didn't know where they were. I didn't know how to find them. Like I knew roughly what building they were in, but then it also just kind of felt like, oh, I'm an adult now. I should be able to deal with this. I don't really want to turn up to their office and be like someone called me a terrorist who was it and then you go i don't know and then that would be the end of the conversation kind of thing um yeah um, but do you think that kind of racial comments and stuff has a, has an effect on mental health i mean it must do i mean i think uh, in a weird way i think i wouldn't be who i am now doing what i do now if that didn't happen mm. in like a really odd kind of way because in school I'm a small guy. I still am. I'm not, I'm five, seven. I stopped growing in year 10. My school blazer still fits me. Um, and it's my, the suit I wore to prom in year 11, I wore to an interview a year and a half ago. Hey, I still have that picture. I still have the picture. It's just, it's just madness. And, um, so I've never been like confrontational kind of guy because I'm, I'm quite chilled most of the time and I'm not into that kind of stuff. Um, but my response just became whenever someone was racist to me was to be wittier take the piss out of them and take the mick because that was my Mm. way of like going i can control the situation if i can make your friends laugh at you then the heat's off me and i can just fade back away and just disappear kind of thing um and i think if that never kind of happened and i was and if i didn't have to do that as as i did um i don't think i would be the person that i am now i don't know what kind of person i would be uh and it, it I'd like to kind of say, oh, it'd be nice if I didn't have any of it. But at the same time, not that I wish kids have racism, but I think for me and my character, I don't think it was too detrimental. Yeah. But of course, yeah. there were pl- there were plenty of times in school that I'd sit there and just be like, oh, the fuck, like, why am I one of the only brown children in this place? Like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? Like, yeah. I could have went anywhere and just just felt like I was more of a part of something than how I feel here sometimes um yeah but it's just i mean like you say it's 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 important the fact that that your primary school put you with zach that you've got something Mm. comfortable with but i mean yeah our our school was predominantly white wasn't it there was Mm. one year where there was um a mixture of cultures i think we were like two years above us Mm. um i i remember um being with my driving instructor not going to name names and uh oh we drove past fenton yeah and she made a comment and she said she said um oh you know they ship all the blackies in and i said 
I said, that's my friend and he's lived in Calperton for his entire life. Did not go back to her after that because I was like, just, yeah. This is 2007. No, 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 2000. It's just absolutely mental to think that someone, like I'm assuming you was what, 17, 18, 19 when you was doing that? Yeah, so it would have been like 2008. Yeah. So someone as a fully grown adult is saying things to what they can only assume to be an impressionable youngster. And if yeah. you didn't have the character to go, what, what are you talking about? You might have just thought, yeah, do you know what? That's a very good point. Yeah, and that's it. And that they're influencing younger generations. Mm. You know, is someone who, I don't know, I didn't look up to a driving instructor to be, you know, mm. if I'm honest. Yeah. But, you could, and you could really appreciate the, the help they're giving you. And then if they give mm. you an opinion, you might touch on to that. Yeah, it is it's just crazy. There was something else I was going to say to you. Um, how do you think you'd cope if you were at school now with all the changes to social media and the extra pressures and everything that goes on? Um, I think I would find it very difficult. Mm. Um, you know, I've got, I've got younger sisters uh, who are 14, 15, yeah. 19. And just the, you know, I think back to MySpace, Bebo. Uh, well, <laughs> Club yeah, Penguin that, and that. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't going around school. It wasn't being said mm. around. We didn't have smartphones. And I think, yeah. you know, people can make a comment about one photo and mm. it can get spread around the whole school. And to be honest, Jay, I, th- I don't think I'd last. I, I don't know how people no. do it in these times, honestly. No, I was going to say, I think it's difficult because, like I say, yeah. a comment can be made and it's spread around the entire school or the entire year. And I see kids at school kind of saying they will be doing things to take a picture, to post, because they need to get a certain number of likes and this and that. And I remember talking to some of them and just kind of being like, why? And I was like, just like, why? And I was like, oh, it's just, you just have to, sir. And I was like, yeah, but do you enjoy that? Does it make you happy? And they was like, no, I hate it. And I was like, so why are you doing this thing? That's it. Yeah, and it's like to the amount of followers you have uh, justify a character almost. And it's like if you mm. have three hundred followers, then you're not worth knowing. If you've got mm. 4,000 followers, then I want to be your friend. Right, okay. You know, in my experience now, as a nearly 30-year-old, mm. I hate to say it, <laughs> the people that aren't on social media... Yeah. Are the interesting ones that they have mm. stuff to you know interesting to do to talk them. about? Yeah, like things that they can actually talk to you about. Yeah, it's, it's mad. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how kids do it. So, do you do you think social media has a big effect on you and people that you know? Um, do you know what it used to have an effect on me? I yeah. did use uh, affects me, but the more the older I get, the more I realise that a lot of it is fake, and mm. there's that whole fake news and yeah body image and mm. it does affect a lot of people i know because of the people that they follow so it might be that they um i do not understand influences oh, what are I they influencing? i don't have a clue <laughs> i actually don't i don't understand it as a profession i don't understand it as a anything even like you know with some of them are just like so girls i had this diet pill and it made me look like this and i sit there thinking no you didn't you've got two trainers a dietitian and a gym in your house that's why you look like that not because you've took this this laxative basically and well yeah it's crazy 
but they are influencing young girls to uh, aspire to buy expensive clothes, to mm. be a certain body shape, which in this time is fashionable, but it always changes. It's yeah. never about health, never about mental health. It's never about feeling good in yourself. Mm. It's about how you look, getting your teeth whitened, getting Botox, mm. getting fillers. You know, the majority of uh, influencers are fake. You know, yeah. their face isn't the face they were born with. And I think it's sad. And I think, you know, there's this night I watch, but I don't watch. <laughs> anyway, is Essex. I'm yeah. aware of. Yeah. There are people on there who are 19 years old who have lip fillers, face fillers. And I'm like, you're still a child. Your face isn't ready for that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you've not, you've not, you've not grown to what you're going to be. You know, it is. But then I think on the flip side of it, when you've got, like we were saying earlier, like artists like J. Cole, when he releases tracks like Crooked Smile, and yeah. you're just kind of like listening to it going like, oh shit, like you've got to where you are and you're saying that that isn't important and it's actually talent that's got you to where you are, et cetera, et cetera. And other artists that kind of talk about that. I think that's really good. I think as well, influencers, uh, if you think about um, their target audience, it's going to be 13 year olds, probably 19, so that mm. teenage when you're most impressionable mm. uh, and dangerous you know again, yeah. we are old know and listen to artists who are talented and you know i love seeing people who are body confident and they mm. aren't uh, aesthetically pleasing yeah you know, size eight and it's nice it, it, it makes me feel more empowered to be mm. a natural person yeah um obviously i've got younger sisters so they show me stuff and it, it makes me sad but yeah. there's um uh, there's a page on Instagram called Celeb Face and it shows you the before and afters of models well not right. all models but influencers. so it shows you them before Photoshop after Photoshop and it's insane that is mad I, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing I'm going to have to have a look at that because I bet some of them are mind blowing yeah it opens your eyes I mean some of them mm. aren't that obvious you know they like, took in their mm. hip the tiniest bit like, why do you feel mm. need to do that? Because it makes no sense. But you know, they see. Mm. Well, not even them, but maybe something. That's not the image that we want to put out. Mm. What is? What would you say is your happy place? Like, if you had to design, or if you would go back to, or go to where you would say this is where I'm happiest at. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, a happy place. Um, do you know what? At my mum's house with my dog my sister and my mum just oh, like you that. know okay yeah yeah you know the odd dog walk but yeah just something mm. comfortable and yeah mm. yeah no, that's cool i like that yeah. i was gonna say thank you. i always no thank you very much for coming on it's been really interesting listening to you talk about job and and i think the other thing is like obviously i knew you at school but i didn't i did not have a clue at all that you was an anxious person you always seemed quite cool quite just going with anything that was happening there's not a chance that i would have said oh yeah she's stressed out about loads of little things and it's interesting listening to you talk about that because at points of times i thought i was one of the only people that was stressed out in those situations um mm. but then i mean i always think i'm really anxious on the outside but a mm. lot of people at work me oh you're really cool and collected i'm like honestly mm. inside yeah. i'm screaming like, yeah. i am <laughs> but I, I've managed to cover it up I think yeah. talking about it you know people are like oh my god I feel that way too and just because mm. someone doesn't present it, I think 
people expect um, some sort of behaviour with anxiety yeah. and depression, and it's not always the case. People don't know, and I think that's just... no. It is it is strange, and I think it's I think when you start talking even to like kids and stuff, they start realising, like you said with with the doctor, it kind of helps them kind of go, oh, I'm not the only one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, 100%. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, after lockdown, well, no, during lockdown, I, mm. I really, really to the point where I, I couldn't help myself anymore and I was like what can I in fact my mum said speak to the doctor so mm. you know I wrote them and I said this is what I'm experiencing and they prescribed me some um some tablets uh, serotonin mm. no yeah. no leave sorry sertraline yeah yeah so, I think serotonin is some I don't even know what that is that's, that's, <laughs> I think that's a chemical that your brain makes in certain uh, okay yeah so um, the sertraline creates serotonin. So I was right. diagnosed with depression and I had mm. no idea, you know, just in, until mm. I spoke to a doctor, you know, and he said to me, the um, prescription of antidepressants has gone up so much during lockdown. Mm. I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, but when, you know, you, you, these tablets for me have helped with, helped a lot, but for some it doesn't, doesn't help straight away, but it did for mm. me. But, you know, talking to someone always helps. I was going to say, do you think there's, I know we said we finished, but I've got one more that I've just thought, like, um, do you think there's a big stigma around asking for help? Um, and yeah. potentially with males, especially, I know a lot of my mates that, I know I probably should talk to someone properly when I'm feeling stressed and I just tend not to because I just, I feel really weird about it. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to say, have you heard of or saw or had any experiences with those kind of issues? Um, yeah, yes. so I think like you said, oh, 100%. So with males in particular, I think they see it as a weakness. Mm. And females too, but yeah. I think mostly males. If somebody says, I'm struggling, you know, people go, you're a man. You, you're the provider. You need to be strong. Mm. It's not the case. Not, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, my mum said to me something that stuck in my mind, and she said, if you felt poorly, if you had a mm. had cold, a sickness bug, you go to the doctors just yeah. because you, know, you can't see mental health it's still an illness go to the doctors mm. speak about it yeah um, very recently um so the past weekend i found out that um somebody that i know quite well actually committed suicide and oh, yeah it, it was tough but you know speaking to you know georgina andrews from yeah from yeah she knew really well too and speaking to her, she said, you know, he was the happiest guy. And she was like, I spoke to him the other day and we were laughing and joking. You know, you just don't know. People hide it really well. Yeah. Just make sure that you check in and say, are mm. you really okay? Obviously to people that you are comfortable with. But I yeah. think, honestly, if I was to give someone advice who is feeling low, talking mm. about it is the biggest thing. Because yeah. even offloading, you know, I was saying speaking to the doctor helps, but just offloading to a friend, to a family member helps so much because you know they'll give you advice or they might say oh I feel the same way and you're like I'm not the only one do you think there's or do do you have any idea about what people could do if they don't there are some people that don't have those kind of close they have friends but they don't have those close relationships that they feel comfortable talking to someone about yeah I mean you know talking to a doctor could be quite daunting because then you might get like some sort of diagnosis and um there's a there's a helpline called the samaritans and no mm. matter how you're feeling every time in the day you can contact them 
I wouldn't I wouldn't advise googling your symptoms or how you're feeling because the NHS yeah, website will come up crazy mm. stuff so don't do that um <laughs> yeah I would say Samaritan or yeah. uh, you know if you want to make what was good for me was that I could make a phone call appointment with my GP so it wasn't yeah. face-to-face it wasn't too intimate right, yeah. it was just okay. yeah um also you can uh get some talking therapy mm. uh, which is just to get phone calls through a therapist through the nhs which is free and it's called let's let's talk well-being mm. um which you can you can fill out a questionnaire online you'll get a phone call and they'll say we're going to send you a questionnaire so fill it out when mm. you get a call back from, um a therapist um it, it's really easy it's not hard to do and it's your choice too so if they ring you you don't have to answer if you're not if you're not feeling up to it you don't you can think do you know what yeah, yeah you don't have to i hound you um but just taking those steps for me really helped yeah what um what i'll do is um for anyone listening that wanted to to get straight to them i'll put links to both of those places in the notes so you don't have to search around for them and you can just kind of click on and go straight to where you need to go so anyone that is listening that is wants to find out more about that i'll link it in the description and in the notes so you can kind of just get to it quickly and that'll yeah, be great i think that'll be helpful for people as well definitely but no i'll i'll say it again thank you very much because it's been really insightful and i've enjoyed chatting yeah, no, as well to be honest with you yeah, um, i was just going to say as well have you got anything you wanted to plug because I always let people kind of, if they've got anything they want to kind of plug at the end of the podcast, go for it. I mean, I've plugged a few things for mental health, but obviously mm-hmm. uh, where I work is a fantastic organisation for people with learning difficulties. We are called Space Inclusive. We are on Twitter. We have a website. Uh, so if you just Google Space Inclusive, it will come up. We are Nottingham-based, but if you're interested, take a look. We do quite a few great things. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> well i was when you sent me the link to the website i looked it up i looked at it and thought yeah there is some amazing things going off here um so i will again i will link this all so people can click on easily and find out about what's happening over there because like i said you are doing some brilliant things i was looking at some of the case not the case studies the um the little the the blog yeah. posts and stuff where you're talking about the things that you're doing and i've sat there and thought oh that's really cool like i imagine that's really helpful really enjoying and fulfilling for everyone that's involved in them yeah definitely it's a great company mm. no. well, apart from that thank you very much Elliot um, and it's been great speaking to you and catching up with you yeah and you we should do it again sometime yeah sounds good <laughs> 13 years I think I'll pencil something in yeah I think 13 years has been worth it <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much